much for your hard work in our fireworks tents. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All of you working together made the job much easier, and I greatly appreciate that. Amen. And then also, um, tomorrow night would normally be the, uh, what they call that? Yeah, that's what it is. Well, isn't it tomorrow night that it would normally be? Yes. But they're not going to have it. It's canceled. So that's the reason why we're not having it, because it's going to be canceled. Um, but I just want to make sure, because I know most all you ladies would be here anyway, but they've canceled it tomorrow night. Uh, I, I'm, we're going to go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Uh, I'm, going, I'm trying to be careful and cautious about what I say, but here's the reality is I'm the watchman on the wall at the Palace of Praise. And in the days back when the scripture was written, the watchman on the wall, his obligation was just to tell what he saw and give warning to those inside of the walls. We have a president of the United States that for many, many months gave this nation a warning that our southern border was being invaded. And I'm not getting to politics, I'm just showing you this is what happened. He said for many, many months there is a major crisis on our border and national emergency. The media and others said he's manufacturing crisis for votes and popularity. Go read it, it's just the way it is. But isn't it so interesting now that in just the last few weeks, those very people who said he was manufacturing that stuff are now saying, we have a national emergency on our borders and we need help right away. Yeah. We, sometimes not everybody sees what's going on. But certain people that are in the know, like our president should know, <laughs> should have the freedom to say there is a problem here. The palace of praise, I'm the watchman on the wall, and as the watchman on the wall, I have a duty to this church to be able to say there are national emergencies in the spirit realm in this nation and in this area. And I know it's tough because I like to be very positive, but I don't know how you twist certain bad things to make them positive. How do you do that? How does a watchman on the wall say, hey, I don't want to alarm any of you guys in here, but there's about 10,000 guys coming this way that are going to run over us. How do you make that positive? You know, I can tell them positively we're all going to die if you don't get busy. I can make that very positive. What do you do with that? We're in a time where people are trying to ignore what's going on. Last night, thank you for being here for our time of prayer. I was headed to our prayer, headed over here to go to our prayer time. And I got a phone call. I ignored the phone call. Then when I looked down and seen who it was from, and then there was a little voicemail. I clicked on it. And I know some of you say, well, you're a pastor. Well, guess what? Your pastor is subject also to other people. I'm not on my own. I got people that are I answer to folks. And so when they say certain things on a voicemail, uh, I'm the pastor, but I still do what they tell me to do. So I knew there was probably a reason why. 
for the next hour I spent that time while you were in the prayer time, I guarantee I would have rather been in the prayer time than been on the crazy phone. But I was just doing my thing. What are you saying? I am pleading with the church at the Palace of Praise that every one of you start praying and quit playing. And you may say, oh, sugarcoat that. I'm a watchman on the wall and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You better start praying. You better start praying. This Oregon district is under a major, major, major attack. I am not at liberty to say where we are, but I'm going to tell you what. We are under a major attack in the state of Oregon in the apostolic movement. And if some of you don't get enough burden to fall on your knees and start praying, then don't you blame the rest of us when we lose certain things we count as being precious to the apostolic movement. You look in the mirror and say, I should have prayed more, but by then that time, the enemy's over the wall and in our backyard, and it's hard to get them out. I think we need to start standing now. We need to join with the leadership of the Oregon District. We need to join with the good pastors of the Oregon District. We need to join with the good saints of the Oregon District and start praying and start standing. It's no time for games. We are in a battle. If I told you, you wouldn't believe half the crazy, idiotic stuff that is going on. And he clarified one thing to me by putting it in a category. And he said, this is what I had felt in prayer. And this is something I'm going to speak about. And, and when he told me, I said, I told him, I said, that's what I have literally been preaching for weeks. He said, that's what I have been preaching for weeks. I let me know. God is talking to the church and letting us know there's an enemy outside the wall and if we don't take a stand, they're going to be in your house. They're going to take what we count as precious and what you see today as the apostolic movement is some of you don't get a fire on you, you won't be able to recognize what people are calling the apostolic movement in 10 years. Because it won't be what we have even today. You're saying, you sound a little stirred up. Wait until I preach. I'm just prefacing my sermon right now. Folks, we are in a battle. We need everybody in this house to make up your mind to get into this fight. Okay? I know you don't believe me. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, 8. Please, would you please, please Pray for the Oregon District. You better play, pray for our family conference coming up. Our family conference. You need to pray for our district conference and elections that are going on. Not everybody who says they're apostolic and Pentecostal have the right in mind and have the best for this district in mind. People play games. But the church needs to be, my God is bigger than people, and he's bigger than people who play games. God is on the throne. And I'm going to preach about it tonight, folks. We, I want to secure what we have today for the next generation. How about you? Amen. Nehemiah 2 and 17 says this, Then said I unto them, 
You see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire? Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the land hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. I want to preach for just a few moments here tonight. Get up and start building. Get up and start building. They're, they weren't discouraged by the seeming hopelessness when you start reading the story. I would like to just take a moment and I want to just for a few moments make some comments in regards to some of the statements we have just read in these verses. And then I want to, to, to tie them in with what we are facing here in this United States of America. Let me tell you something. The day is different, but the enemy is not. The day is different, but the enemy is not, folks. Look at this word. You see the distress that we are in. These words let me know that the leader saw that they were in a very difficult place, church. Again, church, our nation is in a difficult place. The Pentecostal movement is in a difficult place. The apostolic movement is in a very difficult place, folks. Verse 3 of chap, first chapter gives us insight in Nehemiah. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also was broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. The enemy is trying to tear down the walls of separation between the people of God and those that are round about us. The enemy is trying to tear down the walls between the saved and the unsaved, folks. Some people don't seem to understand the value of the walls, folks. They don't understand the purpose of separation. A minister at a church in Texas was disinvited as a speaker because of his religious beliefs. He is not a member of the United Pentecostal Church and he is not apostolic because I looked it up. The event was a religious event. His church has policies that don't allow gay people to hold positions of leadership in their church. The coordinators for this event this religious event put out a statement this because of the concern of other churches attending the event we have disinvited so and so because of the church's policy that fails to promote inclusiveness oh now let me see if I can get this right now get this straight he's being excluded because his church doesn't promote inclusiveness is that insane or what? We are kicking you out because you don't include people in. So we're not going to include you in. Hello? That's the insanity of where we are living today. The man was quoted as saying, he said it's a sad day when a religious leader is kicked out of a religious event for standing for biblical principles. 
but we are in a battle here in this United States of America, folks. Let me put it another way. This religious event is sending a message to every church. Tear down your walls. You don't need to have separation from the world. Let anything in. Honey, the apostolic church needs to plant their feet and say there will always be walls. There will always be separation. We will love, but we're going to love God more, folks. Come on, clap your hands and shout it to the Lord. Hallelujah. People are trying to put the church into a category as we hate people. Absolutely not. We love people. It's just we love God more, folks. When we have to choose between letting people live in sin or honoring our God, we got to learn to honor our God. I'm sorry. I was born and raised in the United Pentecostal Church. I've seen us give up too many things, put away too many things, and it's time we start Stop giving up things and fight for what we have and put our feet on the floor. The palace of praise needs to be strong. The Oregon district needs us to be strong, church. Hallelujah. We can't allow what is going on around us to affect our progress, church. We can't elect, allow it to affect us psychologically. This world is playing man games with the church. We must understand the values, the value of the walls, church. The wall that they were rebuilding extended beyond just the physical barrier that was going to be constructed, folks. Look at the statement they, you find in verse number 17 in that chapter. It says that we be no more a reproach. Reproach means the expression or feeling of disapproval or disappointment. What they chose to do affected how those around them thought about them, folks. I preached this morning, again, the influence of one. We may not be the biggest church in Portland. We may not be the biggest church in the United Pentecostal Church. We may only have a few of us, but I want to make sure that the Oregon District feels the influence of one apostolic church that's not changing, that's not backing up, and is going to stand for truth and keep our walls, folks. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be intimidated to change our guidelines or change our holiness standards, church. We need to stand strong. Somebody clap your hands if you agree with me tonight. Folks, you, I wish I could share with you, but I cannot share with you because I was sworn to secrecy. But my Lord and my God, are we under a battle more than your pastor even realized, more than the insanity that's in this world. It's creeping into the church. And my Lord and my God, if somebody don't wake up and put your feet down, we're going to lose some of the things that you have been fighting for for years. And honey, you are going to feel it someday when you walk in the church and we don't have the power with God like we used to have you know what it's going to be it's because we gave up some things and didn't fight for something we want the glory of God we got to keep what God has already given to us we can't lose anything folks it's too valuable to the church 
Hear me, Nehemiah wasn't always rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah was living in peace and safety in Persia, folks. He was in the king's palace. He was, he had a good, well, I don't know. He was a king's cupbearer. I'm not for sure if you would consider that really a, a good job. It could be a short future there. <laughs> you know, drink the wrong thing there. But the reality was he had everything he needed. He was safe and he was protected. But he was willing to give up the peace for the struggle. Why? He valued the walls. He looked and said, the walls have been destroyed and I'm willing to leave my safety and my protection and my security because I understand the value of what we have lost and somebody's got to step up and help build it back up. What are some of the obstacles that Nehemiah faced? He faced angry neighbors who opposed them. Anybody relate? He faced politicians that opposed them. Can anybody relate? He faced a lack of accessible resources to build the walls. Can anybody relate? He faced a lack of faith even among those who were working on the walls. Can anybody relate? There were mark mockers, folks. Let me give you a, just a verse that sums up the situation. Verse 19 says, But when Sabalat's Sabalat and the Hormite and Tobiah the servant, the Amorite, and Geshurite the Arabian heard it. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Look at this. Will ye rebel against the king? Did you catch that, that statement? Will ye rebel against the king? Doing the will of God was framed by those that opposed it as an affront to authority. Is that not what's going on in our society today? They're trying to paint the church into a corner and say what the church is doing is trying to tear down democracy and trying to go against our government when in reality it's totally the opposite. We are in support of freedom. We're in support of the government. We're not trying to tear things down. But it's again, it is the attack of the enemy church. We cannot be intimidated. We cannot be painted into a corner. You need to to stand up, lift up your voice and be heard and stand for truth church hallelujah, hallelujah here's another one of the verses in that same chapter now Tobias the Amorite was by him and said, you ready even that they build if a fox go up he shall even break down their stone wall he's saying their walls are very weak they can't withstand anything. They, they are very weak. They are not going to be able to withstand, withstand any type of pressure whatsoever. Then we skip down a few verses, but it came to pass when Sabalat and Tobiah and the Arab, I see, Arabian and the Amorites and the Astaites heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth. The minute they found out that these guys are getting those walls built back up, at first they're just making fun of them. At first, it's all right just to use a verbal attack and everything's going to be all right. Let's just mock them and let's just try to intimidate them. But then all of a sudden, they realize, hey, these walls are really going up. 
we've got a problem now and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it what is the enemy trying to do to the church hinder our progress hinder us from continuing to build a strong church we're in a battle at the palace of praise church we are in the same situation today. If you were here Wednesday evening, you heard my Bible study. Was anybody here? I know lots of you were gone. Well, apparently the devil showed up Wednesday night at church too and heard the sermon. <laughs> he comes to church. He probably made some CDs and handed it out to his little demons. Folks, We've been doing tents for a long, long time. I took over when Brother Ed Sassoni left, and 99% of you don't even know who in the world Brother Ed Sassoni is. Let's just say it's been a long time ago. I was young, but now I am old. <laughs> Started that a long time ago. We have had people that were opposed to us in a tent. We have had people in the tent say, oh, this is supporting a church? Well, forget that sale and walk out without buying their fireworks. We've had them be a little, uh, maybe a little aggressive at times. Wednesday night, I teach about we need to respectfully. Anybody remember? Respectfully. Wednesday night, we went to the tent. Brother George and I, we were standing outside the tent talking for a few minutes. I wasn't in the tent. It's about 10 o'clock. He and I were standing outside the tent, so I wasn't in the tent. There was one guy, elderly guy, that was inside of the tent, and Darrell was in there, so he was going to cash him out. My wife was standing just a few minutes, a few feet away from him. Folks, you better hear your pastor. I teach Wednesday night. He goes up to the table. He says to Darrell, he says, do you play any kind of sports? And Darrell said, yeah, I like playing sports. He goes, what school you go to? And, and Darrell said, I'm homeschool. Folks, he just said, I'm homeschool. Darrell, am I telling the truth? Did that's what you said to this man? I'm not going to repeat to you according to them what he said to him. But the man blew up. He said, you're a bunch of homophobes. You this and that. And he started using sexual language in front of them. He reaches his hand over the counter toward my son who backs up against the wall. This man goes ranting and raving in the tent about Trump and us and what we stand for and what we're, all of these things. Folks, don't try to tell me we're not dealing with spirits. We don't have it until I stand in a pulpit I preach a sermon about how we are supposed to deal with these situations and that within a, an hour, hour and a half, we got this nut standing in the tent doing this crazy stuff, folks. It's spirits we are dealing with. He yelled for a while, then my wife walked over to where he was, then he walks over the door, he'd already bought his fireworks, he grabs the fireworks and throws them back into the tent and storms away. Okay, so he's gone, well, happy we're glad we'll keep your fireworks and we're glad you're gone. Okay, they said nothing to him. They did not try to argue with him, did not say nothing. He just ranted and raved about what we believe. He never asked us what is we believe, but he just assumed what we believe. Folks, spirits. Folks, the night wasn't over. We got our work done at the tent, packed up, and we headed out to eat breakfast. 
because we hadn't eaten then yet. We're heading out to get breakfast. <laughs> Been a long day and busy. So we're going to get some food. Darian calls me and he says, hey, I got this crazy guy back here. He's demanding his money. He, what were we supposed to do with him? And I told him, now I think there was five of you. Wasn't there five of you guys in the tent? Five? Five of you, right? Did you guys say anything to this nut? Did you argue with him? Did you tell what your beliefs were? But he rants and raves with them. I told Darian, I said, just give him the money and tell him to get out of the tent. And if he comes back, we're going to call the cops. Didn't you have to tell him you were going to call the cops if he didn't leave? Folks, we're dealing with spirits. And they're not like us backing up and just letting them run over us and won't defend ourselves. We are supposed to be respectful of everybody. We never fight with anybody. You never get physical with anybody. But it's time somebody starts standing up for what is right, folks. They did a good thing by leaving this guy alone because he was on the edge of blowing up. So we need to, but my point is this, don't you come and tell me that we're not facing spirits here at the Palace of Praise and in this area, folks. They hear everything we do right here inside of this church. They hear everything you do inside of your home. They see everything you do in your private life. And honey, they are out to destroy you. If there was ever a day we needed people at the Palace of Praise to know how to pray, know how to live right, and live a separated life, it's right now. You need to make up your mind to Live for God. Live for God and don't you ever lay anything aside, folks. You need to always make sure, make sure that you do what is right. We are dealing with spirits. I told my wife, I told my wife last night for many weeks now, every Saturday, literally every Saturday, folks, I have been faced with unbelievable, difficult situations. Every single Saturday for many, 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 many weeks now, I have been faced with desperate situations that I have had to deal with every, every, every Saturday, folks. I'm being put inside of a pressure cooker and squeezed like you cannot believe. Why? Because it's trying to destroy the head so it can destroy the body. If you ever needed to pray for your pastor, you need to pray now. We need God to give us strength. We can't do it on our own. We gotta fight on our knees. We gotta pray. We gotta fast. Church, hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands unto God? hear me tonight. Just let me put it another way for those who do not understand as you're seated. The day right before I need to stand in this pulpit, the day that I'm supposed to write the day before I'm supposed to stand in here and preach the word of God and reach out to souls and deliver the word of God to somebody in the house of God. Right before we're going to come the next day and baptize someone in the wonderful name of Jesus. Can somebody get the picture of what's going on around here and what the enemy is trying to do. There is an unbelievable spiritual battle raging and it's wanting to stop us from having revival, seeing people delivered and seeing backsliders restored, folks. 
I'm just going to say this. If you don't see it and you don't feel it, you better get on your knees and start praying until you get the Holy Ghost again because we are in a battle, church. We are in a battle. Oh, I'm sorry, but you need to shake yourself spiritually, folks. It's a spirit that's seeking to, to do what? Cause depression and division at the palace of praise. I'm dealing with stupid stuff in people. Their thinking is crazy, but it's not just them. Honey, it is spirits that are lying to people, and we need deliverance from God, or we will cease to exist as a church, folks. You say, well, I'm not feeling it right now. Honey, it's working in the church. I heard last night, it's working in the district. And I know for a fact, it's working in our homes. What's going on? It's seeking to drive a wedge between us that should be working on the wall. It's seeking to divide us from working on the wall. The person I talked to last night began to tell me some of the problems that they are facing in their church and begin to name them, not people, but name the situation. And honey, all I could hear is just us. We're in the same boat, facing the very same spirit that's facing the very same thing. If it's all looks the same, it's all talking the same, and it's all acting the same, then it's not about people, it's about spirits, folk. And we are in a battle spiritually, church. Hear me? Oregon is under a spiritual attack. The watchman on the wall is telling you, Oregon is under a spiritual attack. Hear your pastor tonight. Oregon is under a spiritual attack. Truth is under a spiritual attack. Holiness is under attack. God, help us to build a wall at the palace of praise. But here's the thing that I am noticing. It is coming into our church so stealthily. And easing in here, and it's easing in there, but things don't change. Our story reads like this. And our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. The adversary, they didn't say this is what we're saying about the adversary. The adversary's plan is we're going to ease in and they shall not know. Neither are they going to see us until we come into the midst of them and we destroy them. And then when we destroy them, we stop the building of the walls. We tear down the separation between the church and the world because they were building walls to separate them and give them safety from their enemies that wanted to destroy them. So we got to come in real stealthily in the church. We got to come in real stealthily into the church so people don't even know what's going on. And the pastor's an insane raving lunatic who don't know what in the world is going on. I do know what's going on. Question is, do you know what's going on? Do you know what's going on in your own spiritual life? Yeah. 
Do you know what's going on in your home? Do you see what's working in our youth group? Do you see what's working among us at the palace of prey? Do you see what's just so stiffly? Well, I'm telling you, when that man is telling me stuff that's going on and letting me know about things, not just in his local church, but all across this district, honey, it's this one is the same thing, and it's this one is the same thing, and it's this one the same thing. We are in a major spiritual attack in the state of Oregon. I don't know about you, but I love the Oregon District, and I am so glad I am a part of the Oregon District. Now, I'm sorry, some of you don't get stirred, but you're just a Johnny-come-lately, some of you. You wasn't here back in the day, years and years ago, when, when Bishop and some of these other ones, Brother Toole and some of the other ones, had to fight for this area in the Northwest when there was false doctrine going through the Northwest and craziness going through the Northwest. And some of our biggest churches in Portland went charismatic and was pulling people and pulling on people. Am I not telling the truth, Bishop? I watched that as a young man. I've watched that over the years, and I've seen that kind of stuff. It destroys people and it takes away people from the church I'm trying to tell you he's trying to rob us of everything that we value here at the palace of praise and in the Oregon district you better be praying for Brother Graves, our district superintendent. You need to be praying for our district board. You need to be praying for Brother Sergeant, our secretary of the district board. You need to be praying for the pastors of the Oregon district. You need to be praying for Brother Bach and Brother Wiggins and Brother Huffman and Brother Chad Williams and Brother Barboats and Brother Avila. You need to be praying for all these guys. Why? We're on the same team. We are all in a battle and we are struggling, folks. We are fighting like I have never seen before. And you mark it down. They're coming in so stiffly. And some of these things we are battling are not just character flaws. They're not just little jealousies. They are, it is not just physical. It's not just financial. It's not just weariness. It's not just crazy people. It's spiritual. It is absolutely spiritual folks the pre I'm going to tell you honey we got a heavy load carrying on our shoulders here at the palace of praise and I need you to get underneath a, a burden of prayer and start helping this pastor preach and help this pastor pray and help this pastor make sure we got a strong church I can't do it on my own I need you I need the people that have been around here and are elders in this church to make up your mind you're going to pray, you're going to be steady, and you're going to influence everybody in this church for right. I need you to be a face for the Pentecostal movement. I need you to be a voice for truth. I need you to stand strong like never before, folks. You've had the Holy Ghost for quite a while. There is no excuse why you can't plant your feet, lift your voice, and take a stand with your pastor. Somebody needs to shout amen. Do you know what ticked them off? So they so built we the wall. That made them mad. And all the wall was joined together until half thereof. Progress is being made. But this is something that really ticked them off. For the people had a mind to work. For the people had a mind to work. Do you know what we were doing at the fireworks tent? Working for God. You know why that guy wanted to show up with his spirit? It's to stop our progress. 
and hurt us. You know how that we got this thing done this year? It's called teamwork. Not one person had to do everything. Everybody was pitching in and all of you were working together to help us at the Palace of Praise. It shows unity in among us and we have an outstanding, fabulous church at the Palace of Praise. And I said that last night on the phone to this man. The very same thing, because we have an outstanding church. But honey, you want to see the enemy get mad? Let's all get together. You want to see the enemy get mad? Let's make up our mind to get our hands involved in the work of God and make up our mind to work for the kingdom of God. You want to see the enemy get mad? Let's start building things stronger than we've ever had before. You want to see the enemy get mad? Let's start teaching home Bible studies. You want to see the enemy get mad? Let's start witnessing everywhere we go and say, Devil, if you bother me one more time, I'm going to witness to 10 more people before I go home today. You bother me one more time, I'm going to pray 15 more minutes. You come after the church one more time. I'm going to pray more and pray more and pray more. Honey, we don't need to be intimidated. We need to push back in prayer. Let, let me put it another way. The people were united in their effort and they were determined to get the job done. Folks, Nehemiah and the people, they didn't get a lots of support around them. All they got was opposition. But Nehemiah wasn't intimidated or scared away. Look at somebody beside you and say, let's get together. <laughs> Come on, look at him and say, hey, let's get together, folks. Do you really mean it? Let's get together. <sighs> Nehemiah, I'm skipping over some of this sermon because I know some of you are probably already wore out and saying, would you please just go ahead and get done so we can go home. I'm going to tell you, nobody in the house is any more tired than your pastor is right now and definitely nobody smells as bad as I do right now because I preached hard this morning and I didn't go home I came eight and I came back here and I have been working and praying all afternoon because I want to see God give us strength in the palace of praise and I'm sorry food's not important to me and rest wasn't important to me I want to see something happen at the palace of praise because honey whatever we have to do and whatever price we have to pay it's going to be a small pace to maintain what we have in truth that the elders have given to us can somebody say amen, amen. now look at this I wish I could read all these verses but I can't but I'm dropping down to Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 20 it says this then said answered I them and said unto them the God of heaven he will prosper us what we cannot do my God is able to do I'm weak you're weak and we are limited but look at what he said the God of heaven he will prosper us therefore we his servants will arise and build but ye have no portion no right no memorial in Jerusalem he said, hey, if you don't get in and get involved, I'm sorry, you're not going to have a part or a portion of this thing when we have the walls done. The only way you're going to have a part and a portion is if you get your hands dirty and you start helping us build these walls. What we are able to do here, what we are able to do here in the Lowell Beaverton and the Port Lamb will depend on how we view our situation, folks. We can view it as hopeless or we can view it as an opportunity. We can be scared back into our place of safety and security or we can press forward to reconstruct or can I put it another way, to have revival. So I have a word for this church tonight. Let's get up and start building the walls again and make them stronger than we've ever made them before. 
arise and build church of God. Let's build in prayer. Let's build in fasting. Let's build in dedication to the work of God. Hallelujah. You can stand to your feet. You can give us some music if you want to. There's a church needed in the Aloha Beaverton area. Did somebody hear me? There is a church that is needed in the Aloha Beaverton area, folks. This church has been here longer than any of the other churches on this side in the southwest, folks. We were the only church, wasn't we, Bishop, in all of the southwest. We are the first ones here. The first ones here, folks. All of these other churches are all Johnny-come-latelys. This was the first established church on the Southwest. That's the reason why the first name of this church was Southwest United Pentecostal Church because we were the only ones over here. Hear me today. If it took, if it took sacrifices to purchase and secure this land, and if it took hard work and sacrifice to construct this church building, then we also know it's going to take hand work and dedication and hard work to win the lost of our community. I want to quote, quote what they said. They said this, and they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. The cause is bigger than us, church, and what we will gain is much bigger than what we may lose. Why? Because God is on the side of truth and the palace of pra praise is trying to preach truth and hold the lines and build the walls. We need you to stand. We need you to pray. Is there anybody who wants to get a hold of God tonight and pray and seek the face of God? These altars are open tonight. You need to reaffirm your commitment to God. You need to pray for your leadership. And you need to stand with everything that is in you. Jesus.
what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now is God's trying to release a, a spirit of travail in this house. Because by the prophet of Isaiah, he said that when Zion travails, it brings forth. And so what some of you are feeling right now is a spirit of travail that God is trying to release into you. And if you'll receive that, things will be broken in the spot. I feel it so strong. Someone in this house, if you'll receive that spirit of travail, things will break in your life, in your marriage, in your family. And in this church, if someone right now, that's what's moving in this house. Some of you don't know what's happening, but a spirit of travail, God wants to release into some people's lives. And if you'll receive that spirit of travail, things will break in this church that you've longed to break forward for a long time. God just spoke that to me right there. And if you'll receive this word, I'm telling you, what you feel on you right now, you haven't felt before because God wants to release a spirit of travail and allow the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit to be released into your life once again. Family members right now are dependent upon you receiving this, this spirit of travail and breakthrough in the Spirit. I wish I could get somebody to release themselves and give themselves over to that spirit of travail right now. Oh, Jesus. Cut.
Oh, there's such a mighty move of God's presence in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want every eye closed in this house right now. Oh. I just don't know if God's done yet in this place tonight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. take a moment and just thank the Lord for his word that we've heard tonight and right now let's join together let's just thank the Lord for his spirit and the word that we've heard tonight thank you Jesus thank you Lord for your spirit moving in a special way in this house Lord we do not take it for granted that you would come and manifest yourself in this manner in our midst we are humbled and thankful God that you would come and move in such a mighty way. Oh, we thank you for God, for the spoken word, and for the interpreted word tonight, God. We are so thankful. We worship you for it today, God. We magnify you for it. Oh, we love you, Jesus, today. Oh, we love you, Jesus, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship your name, God. We worship your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we're going to keep our pastor in our prayers in this season especially. And as he mentioned the leadership of our section, if God prompts you to pray for them, it's not just you that's thinking about them, but it's the Spirit that's trying to lead you to pray for them. Because in that hour, you never know what that leader may be facing that very hour. And that's why Paul talks about the Spirit maketh intercession for itself, because we know not what to pray. And I think too often we get sidetracked in the tradition of praying for a list of needs when the Spirit is longing to pray for us because it knows who needs prayer and who needs to be travailed for in their hour of need, and even a service like this. And so I pray that we, man, I felt the gifts of the Spirit trying to move in this place, and they were in this place tonight, but to be sensitive to those things in your time of prayer, to not just get caught up in a tradition of praying, but pray what the Spirit is longing to pray for in that hour of prayer. I felt that strong for a while, and I felt it very strong tonight. That God is wanting to pray through us by a speaking in tongues and in a time of travail and pray through us in the Holy Ghost. You won't even know what you're saying, but the Spirit is moving through you and you have no idea what people are facing in our district, but the Spirit knows and it can use you as a vessel to minister and bring deliverance for people. I feel that so strongly right now. And I pray this week that when you're in your time of prayer, if God so leads you, release yourself. Give yourself over to the Spirit. Don't hold back, but give yourself over to the Spirit of travail. Because you do not know, I'm telling you. I, I remember listening to a sermon from Brother Billy Cole, and, and he mentioned story after story of people who gave themselves over to, the vet, to, to travail and the deliverances that it brought in his ministry and in where he lived at. So I would commend you, man. I, I would ask that you be led by the Spirit this week in the coming months. We've heard a great word tonight from our pastor, and I pray that when you walk out those doors, this word doesn't just fall out your back pocket. Grab a hold of it in the Spirit. Grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's been so good to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you shake one or two hands that are beside you?